Hey guys, right off the top of this episode, I just wanted to let you know that we had some audio problems, some technical difficulties. Uh, we Kyle's in a situation where he was having some Wi-Fi issues, so we had to start and stop a few different times. So uh, really, a couple minutes off the end of this podcast are not going to be there. So apologize for that, but he was sort of making his last point. And I can just let you know he was making his last point about Arkansas uh, and that game. Uh, back in 2003, where Jared had the big, uh, Jared Lorenzen had the big performance, uh, the the seven overtime game where Jared almost hit 400 yards and sort of connecting that. And uh, we were sort of building that up as a tease to the game this weekend where they're going to be playing Arkansas again. And uh, just wanted to let you guys know that. So sorry about those audio difficulties. Hope you can forgive us. Uh, let's uh, Let's start the show. into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we just get in a tizzy about it. And we just, we're like, we get into just nervous fits and we're like, we got to talk about it. And I text Kyle and I'm like, did you see that? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? And we just compile all these intricate thoughts and and we get worked into a lather and we're like, we got a podcast. And uh, that's usually not how it goes down at all. Probably the polar opposite. <laughs> that's, a dis- that's a discussion point. <laughs> I, get, I get a few of those. Yeah, texts. yeah. That's a discussion. That's a topic. That's a topic. The Conan, yeah, we did. We do do that. I picture like the Conan O'Brien push the glass. There's a topic. Uh, so I'm joined, you know, per use by the, the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Tucker. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Kyle? I'm great. I'm, I'm fine. I didn't let you introduce yourself. Is that what that mm was? Yeah. You did a little like mm. Mm, Kyle Tucker. Of the well, go ahead and do it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Kyle Tucker of the athletic. Not the, uh, not the gr- most graceful of introductions on our part, but, uh, I think people expect that kind of, uh, of nonsense from us. So, uh, Kyle is, is, uh, still resting up. <laughs> what are you, what are you up to? What are you doing right now? I have no clue. No, I'm good. I'm just, uh, actually was working on a story today about, uh, one of the players on Kentucky's basketball team that'll come out in the next day or two. And I think we're at the final Edit, editing stages of the big story I've been working on forever uh, <laughs> that you know about that I think finally will come out this week. Uh, so that's cool. Got got a few things that'll be uh, cool. Started, uh, I guess I could say this. I don't think it's giving away trade secrets, but uh, started some work on the Letters from Home series that we did last year that will launch again this year with parents writing letters to their sons, the freshmen on the Kentucky basketball team. Going back so, to the sentimental well, huh? Yeah, you know, those really resonated with people, and, and a lot of folks, a lot of the feedback was just that it was kind of a cool and different way to <clears throat> get to know some of these guys. So, um, And I actually think some of the other writers on different beats are stealing that one this year. Um, so uh, I, I just think people like that. I mean, uh, I, w- I would honestly uh, probably treasure it if I had something like that from my parents, just like a letter of memories and advice or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. all in one place. Uh, so I say, I think, I think people connect to those. And so we decided to get to roll them out again because they, um, they did very well for us last year. So 
Yes, yeah, so there's a really good. I mean, those are still up. I assume people can go find them, right? I mean, they're made. To yeah, we actually uh, maybe I'll tweet out a link, but we 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 made we built a little landing page for them last year, so they were all in one spot, and uh, we'll probably do that again this year. They've got the feels. Some of them, a couple of them, I read. I was like, uh, I think Ashton's in particular was pretty uh, pretty heartfelt, wasn't it? Pretty pretty touching. You said Ashton's. Yeah, yeah. Ashton's was was pretty interesting and. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny to hear, you know, from I was saying I had an interaction with uh, Ashton's dad a little bit on that trip that we took, and uh, thought he was a really cool guy. And it was just interesting to because his dad wrote the letter, right? If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, Ashton's dad Marvin is a is a hilarious guy, and uh, you know he's a pretty yeah keep it keeping it real kind of guy too. Like that's the the thing I like about um, Ashton's dad is just like he. Um, when 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 I talked to him for a story about why he was coming back and he didn't even test the NBA draft waters, he was just like, "Well, Cal told us that wasn't smart to do, so we trust him. Like, who knows this decision better than he does? So we're coming back." And that was that. Uh, you know, I like the way Marvin is. He's he's a pretty straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So uh, today we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about, uh, more specifically about Nate Sestina because uh, I tweeted out. Uh, Let's just jump into it. Let's talk about Nate Sestina. A big story that kind of came away from this game last night was uh, the fact that Nate Sestina shot the ball pretty damn well in this in this uh, setting. And uh, I was like, I was intrigued, and I was like, let me just take a little closer look and see if this young man is. Uh, of course, he's he's getting a little older. He's getting a little long in the tooth. I would say <laughs> old uh, man on Nate, this team. Yeah, for sure, Nate. Nate is six. For people that don't know, Nate is six eight, two forty seven. I went back and watched some of his footage from his tape from Bucknell. Now they played some high. I tried to focus on the high major matchups. They had a tournament game against Michigan State. They played a game at Ohio State. Uh, they played North Carolina, mainly because I wanted to see. You know, as he, as you're going through the college ranks, it's not always necessarily skill that changes because you're going to see guys at lower levels that can, you know, shoot the hell out of the ball. You you watch a team like uh, uh, Wofford last year that had, you know, three guys that shot freaking 50% from three. If you put those guys in the same vehicles that are getting, you know, athletic vehicles, by that I mean bodies, uh, guys that are going to Kentucky, um, if you put those skills, then you've got like all-stars and things like that. So it doesn't always necessarily mean that guys that are playing at lower levels aren't skilled. It's just the athleticism. So I really wanted to check and see how Nate uh, adjusted, how he got his shot off against better athletes and things like that. Because uh, I think that kind of stuff is is uh, important to take a look at. Um, offensively, Nate was really good uh, in a lot of different areas this past this past year, this past season at Bucknell, um, as a post-up player, he was really, really efficient. He was in the 92nd percentile in the country as a spot-up shooter. Um, we, we talked a little bit about this last night. He shot 40.6%. 40, 40. Um, a lot of his shots, I was kind of just trying to get a look at some of the threes that he got. Some of the open looks. Now he he shoots an effortless ball. Like uh, and and what what really encouraged me was uh, you see a lot of times guys like when, when when they talk about shot mechanics they talk about the dip. Now the dip is whenever a guy is shooting, where does he bring the ball from when he's shooting? Because you'll see some guys they they bring it really like across the length of their body. You know you can't really do that at higher levels of competition. You watch a guy like Steph Curry. 
he his shot pocket starts like a, at about the bottom part of his sternum or higher. I mean, he can he can adjust it. Based Trey Young's good about this too. Uh, you kind of have to be be able to do that if you're smaller. But Nate Sestina, I think he he might be a sneaky okay athlete. That's like a really bad white guy trope, I think, for a lot of different stuff. But uh, he he gets it off quickly and with range. I sent you the screenshot. Uh, a lot of the shots that he gets are trailing trailing the play uh he's he's a really good shooter walking into the shot and uh and that that was interesting to me because and i'm sure the coaching staff has noticed this too because the downhill pressure that i think that this kentucky team you know for their lack of size yes you can criticize that all you want but uh and i know i'm really going to town on this but you know the downhill pressure that this kentucky team is going to create in transition is going to pull so much gravity towards the rim and force teams to get back that Nate can sort of trail the play and and get really good looks and man his his touch is soft stepping into his shot and the other one is uh, screening off the ball. Um, I noticed that he's really savvy about uh, you know there's slipping screens but then there's also just flat out faking screens and I noticed that Nate is is pretty crafty about another white guy trope uh, is pretty crafty about flashing open off of a screen, like not fully. And that means like not fully making contact or committing to the screen and just flashing open to get an open look. And his shots quick enough that uh, I think he's going to be able to get that shot against high major competition. I was encouraged. Yeah. I think um, when you look, when you think about like how the, I wrote some stories early last season about how what's wrong with Kentucky's three point defense, some of the, the way, some of the small, the smaller schools were playing Kentucky. And I think what was, did they play Asheville, UNC Asheville? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They did early in the year. They, uh, of course that was around was, Christmas. That was, that was one of the teams where they had the, yeah, they had one of the, the, one of those teams that had the big man kind of trailing, hitting the trailing three pointers and the pick and pop uh, threes with the big man, and uh, like that's that's a way that I think Kentucky could play, and it was uh, you know it is a little bit more modern for one, and also I think with a guy like Nate Sestina, um, and you saw it some too. I mean, I, I guess you could say in some ways PJ Washington is a little bit of a model of how you know Kentucky showed some willingness to and ability to use a guy like that, a stretchy. Um, power forward. So yeah. um, maybe maybe PJ maybe Washington is a little bit of the model, but uh, they're not the, obviously nothing alike. They're not the same player, but um, PJ has already shown off in the early NBA stuff that he's, you know, the shooting, I don't think the shooting is a fluke. He's a, he's a real threat. And uh, they recognized that pretty early last year and let him let it fly. I think that you have to, if, if you think, Nate Sestina can help you win. It's it's in large part because he's an, you think he's an offensive weapon, and so you you better find ways to utilize that. I think they will. I I think if he's on the floor, it's he's going to be a guy who's shooting the ball quite a bit for them. Yeah, the only the only real kind of question about him is you know we talked about um, well he rates out really well in transition. A lot of that probably is because of his shooting. He has a pick and roll man. The shooting again. The only thing is like you know he's not. Obviously not an isolation threat. I kind of wonder about him attacking closeouts. Uh, he's not super quick, but he does seem like he has pretty good balance. He's not going to be required to, um, and he's got that wingspan. So, I mean, he probably is going to be a pretty valuable guy uh, as a pick and roll partner in some instances, like we were talking about. Uh, actually, we need we need to take a break, and then we can kind of touch touch on some of those some of those questions. Uh, so I need to, uh, 
I need to and I want to tell you folks about Buffalo Trace Distillery and this is the world's most award-winning distillery and if you come to Buffalo Trace Distillery you are going to see 200 years of masterful bourbon making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in sensory sensory you're going to use your senses and, and it's going to be a sensory experience, but you're going to touch century old warehouses. That was a really good save. Hear the tales of bourbon legends like Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week year-round like the popular Trace Tour or see Bourbon Pompeii and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination at Buffalo Trace. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com and mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace from the Locked On podcast and get 10% off merchandise in the gift shop. That's a heck of a deal. So we talked about some of the positives. Um, I'm encouraged. I really do think that Nate is going to add some uh, some shooting uh, defensively. I've got some questions. You know, I, I don't I don't know that he's necessarily going to be. Um, uh, you know, I I don't think that he's going to be necessarily the, uh, the the obstacle that Reed was. We've talked a little bit about that, but something else that kind of stood out to me. Um, when Kentucky was getting up and down last night is that uh, I think they've got three guys and maybe four that really shoot an easy ball on this team. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, people should be pretty encouraged about the uh, people who've wanted to see them shoot it better. I don't want to jump the gun, but I feel like I really do feel like they're going to be pretty good and, and, and that shooting is not a real – very not very high on the list of concerns and that's maybe been a lot of teams cows had that that wasn't the case to me I, I don't see that I don't see the shooting is is a, a major issue I, I think they've got um, more than enough of it and and it's it's not all tied up and I mean Johnny Juzang's really valuable because he may be the one kind of true sniper but I don't think it's all like if this guy doesn't hit shots they're screwed I, I think there's some other options yeah, I think, and if this team becomes the type of team that kind of creates turnovers, this and shoots the ball well, this could be a team that that like uh, almost. Uh, I don't want to like get too wild with it, but it almost kind of reminds me of one of those Rick Pitino teams, like the types of athletes that are on the team. Um, one of those kind of late '90s ish, maybe early '90s. You know, Rick never really had a, a ton of like bruising. Um, like big back to the basket type guys, guys like Walter McCarty, guys, you know, Mark Pope, uh, Rodney did a little bit there. Uh, but he liked to have guys that were, you know, versatile, switchable and, and lineups that could kind of shoot uh, at as many positions as possible. And I think that this team, if they can create deflections, they could be the type of team that like beats teams badly, you know, creates like really big margins. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're predicting they're going to blow everybody's doors off, but I think in the games that they that they click, that all the pieces click. Yeah, I think there's this is a team, this is a roster that it me to me that on the nights that it is at its best can absolutely just wallop people because I think they'll uh, totally fluster and sort of frustrate defensively, and they could just bomb people out of the gym with you know threes and just easy transition transition buckets off of turnovers. 
Yeah, because in the past, Cal has been kind of a guy that liked to kind of choke teams out and with possessions. <laughs> like he's just like, we're going to, we're going to limit yes. the amount of possessions here because I know my guys are bigger and stronger and faster than yours. And, uh, I just, I just assume that we're going to get more easy buckets than you. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that this team might not necessarily play that way. You know, I, I think they're, they're definitely going to grind in the half court in terms of guarding the ball. It's funny. You talked about that UNC Greensboro game and our, and the trailers and things like that. Those those plays become really maddening when you can't guard the ball. And Kentucky's got a couple guys here that I feel like could be if the ball gets humming and some gets some energy, you know, those shooters just get harder and harder to guard. So, um, you know, if you like fun basketball, I feel like this t- this team will be a little more similar to that 2011 team. Um, I don't think that I don't I don't think that Sestina is is necessarily like. Josh Harrelson so much because Harrelson was a, a little bit bigger and a little bit more of a banger. Um, but yeah, I think they could potentially be a pretty fun team to watch. I don't know. Yeah. I think we've, we've kind of talked about that really since this, the, the completion of the, the roster construction that for what it, you know, yeah, they wanted another big man, but it may sort of force Cal's hand into playing a more fun style and, uh, they're constructed to do some fun things. You, 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 I think we were talking about this before we went on. I don't know if we decided to do it or not do it, but we we're, you know, ranking the shooters. Um, do you want to take a stab at it? You want me to take a stab at it in terms of, in terms of who we think are going to be their best shooters on this team? Wow. Well, I mean, I think just in terms of how easy their mechanics are, you know, I, I think it's kind of self-explanatory what we mean by that. It's just sort of the effortless fluid mechanics and you talk about like uh load up and energy transfer just you know how fluidly does the does your body convert um i don't even i don't know if i necessarily have the right language for it but getting in the weeds there but i I would say the two the two guys that i think are fighting for the prettiest easiest mechanics are juicing and sestina and watching it last night I might lean Sestina, man. I really might. Yeah. He's, you know, there's a couple on his highlight reel uh, where he's deep and he does not hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's just a, it's a, a quick, pretty looking uh, motion. And, and you think it's going in from the time he lets go of it. Um, Juzang, I, I, after talking to having some of the guys say he was, uh, you know, mini Clay Thompson and all that stuff. And then watching him in some of those drills last night. He really does have a quick, sort of seamless, effortless, you know, flick the wrist, get it yeah, out quick. A lot of wrist. Um, yeah. Shooting mechanic. Yeah, I, I I like the way that looks. It's it seems to be pretty uh, compact. Not a lot of wasted motion or anything. There's certainly no hitch. No, not a lot of load up. Um, you, you talk about the um, the uh, Steph Curry shot pocket kind of being in a what like a six inch space you know or a foot a foot of space uh that's kind of what you see a, a little bit there with johnny juzang just that it's a it's all seems to be in order yeah it'll be interesting to see you know i do i do already feel fairly confident that juzang is going to be like a good catch and shoot guy and i think he's going to get good looks um i'll be interested to see if he's like capable of shooting off screens you know kentucky's had a lot of guys that they could kind of run off uh right 
those what they call irising cuts, which is they did it with Kevin Knox a lot, which is just basically like two screens like along the baseline, and they run. You know, they did it with Murray too, and that's what and they, Hero. Yeah, that, that's what they figured at the at the end of 2017, which almost made them good enough to to make a really deep run, and and should have really if they could just beat Kansas State and get get on with the yellow brick road that they had paved for them. Uh, but late in that season, they figured out that they could just run run knocks off screens on the baseline and you know get them to the you know fifteen footer on the yeah. <laughs> fifteen footer or the three pointer on the on the uh, right on the right side of the baseline, and he was just money on that. That was kind of his go to uh, spot. And then you know there was Malik Monk was just lethal uh curling around screens and just all in one kind of one motion catching it shooting it no matter sort of what his body position was he had a couple of those just absurd uh threes at the end of the North Carolina game that were kind of like that crazy off balance oh yeah you know tied it up gave him a chance to to go um yeah I don't know do that that's what we don't maybe really know is if they have that guy on this roster um that kind of versatile we'll shot see. creator Johnny probably is yeah, I don't know. Monk yeah. was probably the most versatile shot creator Cal's had. I think um, just pure like flamethrower, bucket getter type guy. I mean, Murray too could really get it going off the move. Lamb was percentages would drop a little bit if you made him move. Um, but you know, Booker was a little bit more of a, a, a catch and shoot kind of guy too. We didn't get to see him shoot off the dribble a ton. Um, Let's take a break, and then we're going to talk uh, a little bit about something football-related. Well, this is the uh, <laughs> the Jared Lorenzen game. It's not it, – I think probably Kentucky football would have liked to have gone into this game having people feel a little better about the football program in general. Uh, it's a special – obviously a special game. Uh, a little bit somber, but I think also really a great opportunity to celebrate Jared Lorenzen, Jared Lorenzen who passed away. Uh, just a couple months ago now, uh, at the age of 38 in July, and um, it, it's an interesting thing. That what, just in the, we'll talk more about the specifics of this game for this Kentucky team, trying to end a three-game losing streak. But the bigger uh, story is honoring Jared, and and so they come into it kind of on a on a sour note. But uh, one of the things you and I were talking about before we started recording is why you know it's odd for all the things that Jared Lorenzen did in his career he's kind of remembered a lot and being honored uh, in remembrance of a loss mm-hmm. uh, that he suffered so why you know why why is this the game why is this the Jared Lorenzen game um, I, I have sort of some obvious explanation I mean, there are obviously explanations but what why do you think uh, Kyle why do you think this is this is the game to honor? Jared. Well, I was thinking back about um, Jared's remembered a lot for losses. Like, you know, he's remembered for the Florida game. He's remembered yeah. for um, really, I mean, the Louisville games. The only they, they didn't win a ton while he was here. I think he's remembered for it because the show of it, all of that sort of is, is sort of, um, is this sort of a, a nice summation of what of what uh, Jared was like that he was uh, a big you know big personality you know in turn and just 
excess in terms of just offense and like he was like just very uh like he just liked to entertain he liked to put on a show i mean in that game he, he threw for 326 yards uh he was he he had a he he was an entertainer yeah he went uh 28 for 49 that game went seven overtimes that's right yeah 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 and to me that's that's kind of i think you're right the, the 2003 arkansas game sort of is is a summary of uh, a, a pretty good in, single game representation of Jared Lorenzen, like playing style, personality type. Um, you know, they're to sort of set the stage for anybody that doesn't remember. Kentucky's down twenty-one-seven um, at halftime, uh, and Jared, you know, fans started leaving the stadium, and Jared Lorenzen is saying and gets captured on I think ESPN's camera saying what the where the hell are you going where the hell are y'all going y'all are going to miss one hell of a game uh when they're down big and and of course they come back it's tied up at 24 in the last minute and a half of the game and at the time it was the longest that's the other thing it it was a it was a historic thing I mean you know I don't know if it was of a whole lot of consequence you know nationally other than all of a sudden everybody around the country is like tuning in to see how this thing is going to end i can remember i mean i had i was in college i was far from even thinking about covering kentucky or paying certainly paying any attention really to kentucky football other than jared at that point had become a little bit of a story but i remember going like what is going on seven you know overtime wasn't even like all that old i don't think you know i think we weren't that far removed from games still ending in ties uh, and all of a sudden, here's a seven overtime game, and they'd already moved to that that rule where you know after the second you had to go for two, and they kept going for two, and Kentucky converts and Arkansas converts, um, and uh, it was just wild. And the the game ends like a basketball score, seventy one to sixty three. <laughs> follow me at J Kyle Man on Twitter. Follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. Give us a review. Say hello. Be uh, you know don't be a stranger, folks. And uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you next time. See you. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts. Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.